0: My guardian angel, intercede for me. So welcome to Chipney. See, we have the staff here that will control everything and leave everything in good working order. And it is a a good opportunity now to refocus and re-examine why you're here this is like a recreation room dining room but it is also the place where we will celebrate Mass and I presume during this whole time that you will be using this room I presume that our Lord will be presiding so as you go about uh, the different activities the eating the recreational activities you've always got our lord there you know watching everything and so you can always uh, greet him as you come in greet him as you're on your way out it's pretty obvious there and so it'll be uh, an opportunity for you to do all these things and exercise your responsibilities with the desire always uh, to please our lord who watches you not with a angry eye or with uh, A way in which he is just like watching you, but with a loving loving eye, with a kind eye, giving you his grace, and perhaps without knowing, he's going to fix a lot of things that apparently go wrong. And so we want to live this camp with the right understanding that the Lord is always watching us, he's always with us, with a kind, loving, and merciful gaze. A merciful gaze, even though he is there, as you can see, he's there on the cross, as a result of our sins, your sins, my sins, and the sins of all, all mankind. But he saved us, he he reconciled us to God. And the first signs, we see that, the signs of his mercy, we see that in today's gospel. It's one of the sort of repeated uh, scenes that is present also in St. Mark. Today it will be the version from St. Matthew where we are told that uh, the Lord had crossed the water with his disciples and then some people appeared bringing him a paralytic stretched out on a bed. And so you can, on a bed, I mean, on a stretcher and they, because they brought him Maybe that's all they had. Maybe they just had like the mattress and four or five guys carrying this mattress and the guy half passed out on the mattress and uh, they just brought him to Jesus. Other accounts tell us that, that they opened the ceiling so they could bring him down because there were too many people. Here we were just told that they just brought him. That detail is left out of the opening of the ceiling. It may have been another paralytic But they bring him, and we are told that seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, courage, my child, your sins are forgiven. Seeing their faith, seeing that they were really there with this confidence that God could heal them, that Jesus was God, that he could heal them. But he gives them a much greater gift. He says, courage, my my child. He says, your sins are forgiven. I mean, it's pretty good to get healed, but even better to be forgiven of our sins. We sometimes think uh, that we want all things to go well in the camp, or we want it to be healthy and not to have problems. Uh, and we want, uh, you know, we think all the things you would ask for if you were to meet our Lord. Can you fix this? Uh, can, you, can you help me in this thing in the family? Can you help me get good marks? Uh, uh, can you help the camp run well? And the Lord said, "Like that's like super easy, man. Like I'm gonna do something much harder, which is to forgive your sins. And of course, why is it hard? Because because only God can forgive sins. And this is what the this is what the the, the Pharisees, the scribes, immediately noticed. They might not have been too surprised if he healed." this paralytic right away but they looked at each other this this guy this guy just forgave sins this guy is blaspheming and And, um, just the fact that he said it just the fact that uh, your sins are forgiven your sins are forgiven like a person could say that to another all your sins are forgiven you could say well whatever sure but they somehow intuited not just that he said it but that it was true that that paralytic now had his sins forgiven. And probably, probably his friends too. And the Lord, knowing what was going on in their minds, He actually says this, Why do you have such wicked thoughts in your heart? Wicked thoughts. What are the wicked thoughts? The wicked thought is, You cannot do this. You cannot forgive sins. And so our Lord said, Now, which of these is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But to prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, get up and pick up your bed and go off home. And the man got up and went. And feeling, a feeling, it says then, this lovely line, a feeling of awe came over the crowd when they saw this. and They praised God for giving such power to men. What did they praise God for? Did they praise God because the guy was suddenly healed and suddenly could walk, which was pretty cool? Or did they praise God because the paralytic was healed of his sins, forgiven of his sins? Well, probably it's a combination of both. Right? But... The real, the real ones that were impressed by this were impressed by the reality that Jesus could forgive sins because they themselves already were conscious of their own sins. And maybe they had like a, a guilty conscience and they had been carrying these own these sins from their family. Maybe one, the way he treated his spouse. Maybe another one who had not seen his son or daughter for a while. Maybe all these realities of their own life started to be conjured up. Maybe their own sensuality was like now in their face. And uh, maybe others had forgotten what sins they had committed. You know, I saw a video the other day which on the one hand was somewhat endearing, but on the other hand was quite sad. It's one of these, you've probably seen this guy, I don't know what his name is, but he goes around and he offers people to do some good task. Many people just say, no, I don't want to do that, whatever it may be, that he invites them to do. And then if they say yes, if they do it, he gives them like $500 later on the spot, right? Or maybe more, $1,000. And in this case, he walks into, like just in some parking lot, and there's a grocery store, and there's a guy kind of, just hanging out there just a fellow just doesn't know who he is Uh, he's just kind of lounging around drinking uh, soda or something and it was on father's day so he thought well maybe i'm just going to greet the next person who is a father and greet them and then like as a recognition of the fact that they are father i'm just giving 500 dollars And of course he films all this and people find it's really cool and so you see some guy sort of lounging around there, and he says, "Sir, excuse me, are you a father?" And he says, uh, "Yeah." Oh, that's wonderful! He's about to pull out his five hundred dollars. Oh, that's wonderful! Happy Father's Day. What's your What's your children's name, or your son, your son or daughter's name? And the guy says, "I don't know. I don't know. I've never m- met them, but I know I'm a father." there. So either he abandoned or whatever, who knows what the complicated story was, but immediately the guy's spirits went down when he realized he didn't even know his own son or daughter. And uh, he nevertheless hesitatingly said, oh, well, happy Father's Day, whatever, he gives him $500 because that's what he intended to do. But it would not better if he said, oh, my son's name or my daughter's name is so-and-so. And, and uh, then he would have really congratulated him for being a father. And that's the situation. That's the, the society we live in today. It's very it's very heart-wrenching. But even in front of that, the Lord can forgive. And and that's why we we really have to ask the Lord for this faith, in this ability, and this power that He has, that God, ultimately only God has, to forgive us. Forgive us because things went wrong in our life, or we had problems or difficulties, no, no. But He can forgive us our sins. And we all, in some way, need forgiveness. There's nobody who doesn't need forgiveness. Nobody who says, well, I'm fine, Father, I'm, I'm fine, I don't need forgiveness. You know? Well, that, in fact, even needs more forgiveness, somebody who doesn't, doesn't think that they need forgiveness, especially in our society today, when there's so much upheaval, so much secularization, so much bad habits among people. I, I, I'm preparing now a course on the Book of Wisdom and the book of proverbs right, what we call wisdom literature and wisdom literature from the old testament is is a kind of series of compilations of of famous uh, proverbs right, uh, or 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 sayings wise sayings that help people in their life and uh, usually they're done by the mechanism of a fable right a story and like you know the tortoise and the hare tortoise and the hare these stories especially fables where animals actually talk animals talk and they, or trees they talk to each other And you know, we know those things didn't happen but they're meant to tell us a story in order to teach us a lesson when animals actually talk to each other they're meant to tell us some moral story and it's interesting how today too uh, it occurred to me that we have you know how we have movies that are movies for children And then they call them adult movies. Well, in the movies of children, we often have animals talking, like, you know, uh, these uh, animated movies where, and and so it's animals talking, uh, it's animals talking, but they're acting as though they were humans. Animals, but they're talking as though they were humans. And the adult movies, they're humans, but they're acting. As animals, right? They're often really doing bad things, like animals would, practically. And and so today is a good when we read this gospel. It's a good occasion to see maybe I'm practically acting like an animal sometimes. You know, maybe uh, I need really that forgiveness. And it all started in the very beginning of the Bible, right, where we we are told in the Book of Genesis how Adam and eve committed that first uh, disobedience where they didn't listen to the command of god and wanted to do their own will it was a simple command don't eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden just don't just you can eat all the other ones but don't eat that one and how the devil came in there and he he lured eve and he convinced her with his wise ways, and she thought it was appealing, the apple or whatever, no, not necessarily an apple, but anyway, a fruit, and um, she ate, knowing immediately that this was wrong. Her eyes were open, and she was ashamed of her sins. And in Adam too, she gave him, and he was suddenly ashamed. That moment right there, recounted in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis is like a watershed moment in humanity. It, it is like an earthquake that happens in all of humanity. It, it kind of shaped the fate of our species for the next thousands if not millions of years ahead of us. It's like, it's kind of like it affected all of humanity, it affected you and me, those, those that were born then, those still to be born Those born in the future, it's as though it affected the very structure of our DNA. And the whole story, it's a story, naturally. It's, maybe you could call it a fable, but it's trying to tell us a truth about a primeval event in the history of humanity. And it's placed right there at the very beginning of the history of man. And it's kind of like a source that would poison the rest of of the entire river of, uh, of humanity. You might think, well, what did I do? I mean, Adam and Eve, I don't even know them. Why am I affected? Well, it's like they poisoned the origin or the source of the river and the rest of the river is affected. Mm-hmm. That's why we say that all evils have their origin right there, mm-hmm. including uh, death itself. That was not the original plan to some sense. Adam and Eve We're not supposed to die. There was just, maybe they would have kind of gone to sleep and then gently, quite naturally, gone to God. But they were happy because man was made for happiness. But then Adam and Eve, of course, abused their freedom. And that's why we say all subsequent sin would be a disobedience toward God and a lack of trust in his goodness. It's important that we Understand this in some way, but that we don't lose our trust in God, because the Lord said, "You know, to prove to you that the Son of Man has the power to forgive that, to forgive that poisoned river." I say to you, get up. I say to you, get up. Take your pallet and go home. It's okay. That's why they were so amazed, the scribes and Pharisees. They were so amazed that the Lord could actually do that and now some people they would say that 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 original sin just as it poisoned the river of humanity it had poisoned to such an extent that it actually they say eliminated the image of God in man even a great saint like Saint Augustine thought this at first he saw his own temptations he saw his own sensuality he thought, there's no way for me to get, get out of this. Mm-hmm. And he struggled against these other groups like the Pelagians and these, these, these her, heretics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but he came to understand that the image of God is still present in us. Mm-hmm. Even though we've been wounded by sin, it's still present. And God can still raise us up by forgiving us of our sins even though you could say our first parents kind of hacked the code of our of our happiness so so God had made a computer program so that we'd be really happy and he he typed it It made an amazing code and it would bring us all to happiness and joy and spirit and, and and soul and body and then some hacker came in there and I don't know the code was broken you know I don't know what it's like to hack computers but you know, some guy with a hood on you, know, you know. I don't know why hackers have hoods on, hoodies, I don't know. What? Why do you need a hoodie to hack, you know? Especially if you're in your basement and nobody sees you, right? And uh, so they tried. That's what the devil tried to do. He tried to hack the code of our happiness. And it all started with that disobedience. And, but the Lord has brought us back to Him. That's the great joy that we must consider when we think about forgiveness. And that's why it's only God who can forgive. Only God. Only God. You can forgive a friend for doing something bad to you, but if it's a sin, and it's sin against God, you know, only God can forgive. If you do something to another friend and another friend says to you, oh, I forgive you for doing that to so-and-so. Well, look, she has to forgive you for doing that to her. But God, He can forgive, and He can grant that power to priests who act in His person. It's as though when you go to confession, yes, you go to a priest, but really behind that screen, it is Christ who is listening. It is Christ. He says, I absolve you I not I the priest it's the I is the I of Christ the priest doesn't say Jesus forgives you it's okay Jesus forgives you no 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 it's I forgive you it's I forgive you that has to give us a lot of confidence it's an invitation to faith that some mysterious way Jesus is there who knows how that works but he can do it and and it all started with that disobedience of, of Eve and disobedience of Adam. It all started with that. The disobedience. And that's why we say the word obedience, we think, oh, just do what they told me. I'm just going to do it and do my parents and obey and blah, blah, blah. But the, the origin of the word comes, it's in, from the Latin, ob-audire, ob-audire, audire, as I'm sure you perfectly well know, comes, it means, to hear or to listen. So if you listen to command of God, and it goes in one ear, but then it goes out, and it goes out the other ear, well, yes, you have heard, but the command hasn't entered into your heart. And traditionally, Jewish wisdom said, you listen with your ear, and then it has to go down, and enter, and you know, capture your heart. And that's true for the commandments of God. It's true for our relations with others. We have to hear and let it sink in, if you like. And and so we don't want it just to go out the other side and let it really go into our heart. And that way we obey truly. We do, if it's in our heart, well, we do what, what God has asked us. And so in front of God, in front of our Lord who is crucified here for, for our salvation, for our redemption, he suffered out of love for us, we can say to him, Lord, I am a sinner. I am somehow implicated in Adam, Adam's sin. But I know that I'm also implicated in the Lord's universal salvation. I am like that paralytic I can receive those words of Jesus who said, My child, your sins are forgiven. And maybe he sprang out, he sprang up, yes, because Jesus gave him that power, but maybe just out of the joy of being forgiven. And maybe because he had become a paralytic, maybe he'd become resentful, maybe he'd become angry, maybe he you know, told everybody where to go because he was so mad at the fact that he was so dependent on others. It makes people mad. And and so we know that we have been acquitted by God's mercy. The only one who can really uh, forgive us. And that's why Pope Francis, a few years ago, he had the famous uh, year of mercy. He wants us to understand the value of God's mercy. It really has to fill us with a lot of joy. He said when he announced the year of mercy, he said that mercy is the beating heart of the gospel, which in its own way, must penetrate the heart and mind of every person. That's why we listen, and, it, and God's mercy penetrates our heart. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? And he said, he said, it is my burning desire that during this jubilee, the Christian people may reflect on the corporal and spiritual works of mercy it will be a way to reawaken our conscious conscience too often grown dull in the face of poverty. So if we realize that we've been forgiven, it'll help us do lots of works of mercy. Maybe here during this camp, you as a monitor, as a director, as the tasks you have, it's a good way to live the, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Maybe you can pay, pray for the campers, maybe you can help them in some way, Maybe you might find it a bit difficult. Maybe they'll they won't listen to you, but be patient with them. Give a good example. Be cheerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if they don't pay attention, right? And uh, let's not have you could say uh, a dull, a dull conscience. Mm Let's let let the mercy of God really enter into our heart. Mm -hmm. And um, we can ask the Lord during this camp to give us a clean and functioning heart able to react spontaneously even in front of something that bothers us tremendously that, that we don't like we have to be ready for the 100 meter dash and, uh, or, or to learn the pole vault and, and, and leap over any obstacle that will be good if we could do that if we have a merciful heart a merciful heart because we know that God himself Jesus himself has uh, forgiven us I mean that's that's very important that we have a merciful heart that we have a good good heart that's the first thing that the doctor checks when you go for your checkup your they check they listen they okay they put the stethoscope there and who knows he's hearing doot. he's hearing the the sound of the heartbeat and uh, he wants to hear something regular Right? He wants to hear the right rhythm. They listen carefully. But if it's slightly irregular, or maybe there's a murmur or something, or it's not beating fast enough or too fast, eh? um, he might tell you, well, I want you to uh, get rid of that cholesterol, eat better, do more extra f- exercise. Eh? He'll tell you about the food that clogs up your arteries. Right now, probably not. But, and you, you get a bit older, you, know, you, could, uh, you, know, you could start having a heart attack. And that happens when we, when we don't love the others as they are, we don't forgive them, especially when we don't let the mercy of God go deep down into our heart. It's like, just like people talk about the ecology and the, and the environmental crisis. Sometimes the, the crisis is right there in our heart. It's become kind of inured eh, to, the, to the sin that comes in there too often and can defile us sin can defile us and give us ultimately like a cholesterol clogged heart but the Lord he forgives us and lets us start again that's why yeah that's why we're here and we ask this grace from our Lord maybe we can pray also that a lot of the the campers that come here also in some way let their hearts be unclogged by receiving God's mercy God's forgiveness, especially of course in the sacrament of reconciliation. That that I mean if if they, if they just do that and they begin to make it a habit to receive God's mercy, that would be already a sign of success of the camp. It starts with us and then of course with the with the campers. And our blessed mother, we call her Mother Mercy. Well she will intercede for us so that this become a reality. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, and your